0: Hi, welcome to On The Daily, a podcast about finding the acoustic you. I'm your host, Danielle McCleary. I am a serial optimist and a champion of people who has long been on a search to truly see people and help you peel back all of your layers and become the most acoustic, authentic, and best version of yourself. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hi, everybody. I hope wherever you are, you are having the day that you need. I am your host, Danielle McCleary. I'm so excited about this interview, as I am with all of my interviews. I think one of my favorite parts of this podcast is that I've gotten to have so many of my closest friends on, and it turns out my closest friends are really freaking awesome and have awesome stories. This one is no different. This is my friend, Britt Barron, aka Beans. Her and I met through her now wife, Sammy. And Beans is an author. She wrote a book called Worth It, which I'm sure if not this one, one of her books will be a New York Times bestseller. She is incredible. She was a pastor. She is a motivational speaker. She works with Rachel Hollis and her Rise, um, the Rise app, the Rise conferences, all the things. She's just so real and so down to earth. And Also, just a person that when you hear her story, you relate to it, even if you haven't been through anything exactly similar. I think her story is just so important as we kind of navigate through truly getting to know people and where they come from and what makes them tick. And she's just so real about it. It's in her book, if you ever do get a chance to read worth it. Um, But this interview is one of my favorites to date. So I hope that you enjoy it. Before we get into this interview, though, I have to tell you about my new favorite CBD company. Their name is Equilibria. They are women owned. They are POC owned. And they are just dope freaking humans. These girls are changing the game, in my opinion, for what CBD is and can be. When you order from them, you get a dosing specialist, somebody to help you learn about CBD. And it's all hemp CBD, so you're not going to get high. There's no hallucinatory THC, nothing like that in it. It is all just for wellness. And when you meet with a dosing specialist, they teach you what you should be using CBD for, when you should be taking it, how much you should be taking. And then you can also get your questions answered. So if you do have any reservations around taking CBD, maybe you have other medications you're on or other illnesses and you wanna know if you know it's going to mix well, they will answer all of your questions. They have nurses, they have geniuses, scientists, all the things working with them. And so I have really been loving getting to know them. Their product is amazing. Their product packaging is so beautiful. If you do wanna check them out, go to Equilibria's website, use my code, Danielle on the daily at checkout. You will get 15% off your order. And tell me what you think because I'm obsessed. Last week, if you haven't joined us before, if this is the first time you are hearing this podcast, last week I was so very fortunate to interview my friend Victoria Brown. She is a senior soul cycle instructor, she is the creator of the Very Best Self Project. She is an Under Armour athlete and she is also a Sagittarius. So her and I always have a really good time talking about goals and vision. And if there's a person I can think of that really sets her mind to something and makes it happen, it is Victoria Brown. So if you haven't had a chance, please go back and hear that episode or any of the previous episodes. We've had a a lot of really awesome awesome interviews. So if you are just tuning in, go back and listen to those. And let's get into this interview with beans. Okay, okay, okay. I'm so excited. Hi, beans. Hello.
1: Welcome to the show. I am excited. This is it. This is the highlight of my day today.
0: I'm excited too. I mean, I'm excited for like a multitude of reasons, but mainly just because I like doing interviews with really good friends.
1: So. This is the best. That's my favorite too. When you're like, great. So we're just FaceTiming, basically. Yeah, we're just having it. We're just hanging out and it's going to be great.
0: I always start every episode with a clearing, um, very Lululemon style. So this mm-hmm. will, um, fun fact uh, I call her Beans. Most people call her Beans. If you've read her book, you know that like a lot of people call her Beans, but her name is Britt Baron. And we actually are both Lululemon ambassadors as well, so this will this will relate to you. Um, yes. So I want to start every every episode with a clearing. So, like, what's
1: going on? What's what do you need to clear today? What a great question! You know, I am in a current season of clearing, which is. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, nothing much, but I feel like that is just what I'm doing. It's been, I feel like I'm finally feeling the emotions of the past year because I'm kind of like a optimistic person. And so I am just like, no, here it's, you know, and I'm finally feeling like, hey, this was kind of a really hard year. So just, you know, going to clear that general, I'm still, you know, embracing my optimism, but also feeling some feelings that I usually avoid.
0: That was actually exactly what I was going to clear. I was all all day today I've been like I there are so many things that are I mean like right now in this moment I'm still very much grieving the loss of my dad, but I also like am working through just like a lot of craziness and like things to be done and I'm kind of in this space of okay, just one foot in front of the other and just keep going and then eventually we'll sleep. Like, it'll be great.
1: Yeah. yeah, literally. I feel like it was like, God. hey, just keep going. Like, keep, like I feel like 2020 was just like, just keep doing, keep pivoting, keep. And then eventually you'll, your feelings are going to catch up, <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah. And there's like that feeling of like, <sighs> like just really, it's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. yeah. A lot of heaviness. Um, okay. Well, I feel, I feel better already. So I wanted you on this show. Because I, you and Sammy, Sammy is her wife. She'll talk all about her, I'm sure. Um, Sammy and Beans have been like so instrumental in so many like big pivotal life shifts for me. And I, you may not have even known that, but you guys like were so instrumental in like me at the beginning of my relationship with Breezy and just, you know, like any, we've you and I have done like women's panels together and just like the good conversations we've had. And so I feel like you've been such a, Huge part of many shifts in my most recent life. And, you know, this podcast is obviously all about like acoustic living and like just being really authentic and genuine. And I know you really well. So I know that journey that you've had to get to this place. And I think that your story is just so, it's good for everyone to hear, but there are so many people going through what the seasons that you've been through and probably still are going through in many ways and so i'm just really excited for people to get to know brit and you know feel like they're not alone in their own journeys
1: oh my gosh well that's very kind and i'm i'm very excited to be talking to you too. i think it's it's so fun when you have you know people in your life who are kind of in a peripheral space and then there are life events that sort of like move you into to a more connected way and i feel like that's like what has happened cuz even you knew sammy Before I knew Sammy. No, no, no. I knew her then, I think. I don't know. But, you know, and it was sort of this peripheral, like, friendship, you know, and then over the course of certain events, like, bringing it together. I think that's just the special thing about life is like, you never know what person is like orbiting outside of your sort of inner circle that at some point is going to be like very important to like pop in and for you to pop out. And it's just so beautiful.
0: Yeah. I agree. I agree. So the first thing I want to like, I want to hear, obviously, this incredible woman, she is a writer. She is a speaker. She was a pastor. Are you still a pastor? Uh, I'm not currently a pastor. No. Okay. But she was a pastor. She is a motivational speaker. She is an advocate of just like social Justice. She is a warrior for women. She's a champion for humans. Um, And I would love for you to talk about that journey. And I know like your book, She's, I say she's going to be like a top New York Times bestselling author. So I'm just going to start manifesting that now and just like put that in the world. Um, She just wrote a book. It's called Worth It. And she talks a lot about her journey. But for anybody who hasn't read it, I would love for you to just kind of tell us about how beans came to be. And like, what were like the inciting instances of your life that like really were huge pivotal shifts?
1: I have been thinking it's life is so funny. And so I you know, I'm gonna I'll, I'll talk a little about my story and in in the book and why she's chose to write it in, in the way that I did. But I'll start by saying something that Sammy talks about all the time, how our our lives our our biggest, I don't want to say issues, but I can't think of another word, but like our biggest issues are things that they stay, right? A lot of the times, like we don't arrive. And so she always uses the analogy of like us walking up a spiral staircase. And so if fear is your thing or um, addiction is your thing, whatever is your thing, like it's there. But like, as you evolve, you, you get to look at it from different vantage points, right? And, And the bigger, the higher up you get, the different the bigger vantage point you have of that season and i say that because it's it's funny to me that i wrote this book about fear and like moving past fear which was really big for me in that season and it's just it's fascinating to find myself in another season where i'm like oh my gosh i'm so afraid of so many things i thought i past this, but really i'm just in the same place at a different vantage point so i guess that you know my story really started early like a lot of people, I think in the 90s, I grew up deeply evangelical. So really into church, like super into it. My parents were all about it. And because of that, that gave me a lens to see the world through. And part of that was helpful in some ways. And part of that was incredibly harmful in some ways. And so I attached to that, though, uh, strongly. And, you know, I'm an Enneagram seven, and I love to communicate and I and I love to do all these things. So being in that world with my personality sort of lent itself immediately towards like leadership positions. So, Hey, do you want to speak at our youth event? And to like, Hey, do you want to lead this group in college? And to, Hey, do you want to do this? And eventually I became a pastor at the age of 26 at this like evangelical mega church, which in some ways is this rad thing. Cause you're like, oh my gosh, there are not women who do this. There are not women of color doing this. Like, this is a good old thing. But it was all trapped in this worldview that was like really limiting. And so when I was 26, I got that job. And then I also met Sammy Lane. What a babe. And what a babe. babe. It's this girl from church. Everyone, you should meet your lesbian girlfriends at church. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. And so um she like emailed me and she was like hey do you need any volunteers for your ministry oh my god I love this story so much and I was like yeah like let's grab coffee to see if like you're a good fit and and I'm not one of those people who like openly understood their sexuality and had been like suppressing it of course hindsight is 2020, and Once I figured that out, all these other things made sense. But I truly was just so disconnected from my own self and my own body that I didn't even realize I was gay. Like I didn't even understand it. And so I met Sammy for coffee, and we talked for four hours. And I just remember thinking, like, what is happening? Like, I want to be her best friend so bad. Like her best friend. Like I'll, you know, this honestly very quickly. (laughs) Yeah. I want to be
0: Sammy's best friend too.
1: (laughs) Like anyone who meets Sammy, I literally went to the dentist and I was like, my wife's going to come in here in a few weeks. And by the way, you're going to love her energy. It's going to be the best energy you've ever had in this office. And so, you know, sure enough, over the course of a few months of, of us building a friendship, we both were like, wait, I think there's more here. I think we want more here. And that was like, I mean, I know here I am and we're married and we're living this life, but that was earth shattering because my entire existence had existed in one very specific framework. And that very specific framework said, you cannot be gay. You can be anything you want, except for pregnant before you get married or gay. Like it was very specific. (laughs) And so I, I, that is what threw me into Oh, such a disastrously beautiful season of my life where I was like. I was so overcome with fear because I and I got stuck in this very specific loop that was. You could either choose Sammy, choose this person you love, choose this thing that's never felt you made you feel more whole. But in that you will lose everything, you know, to be true, your friends, your job, uh, your future jobs, like your entire career path your, your life, your community is set into this mold, or you choose your job, this community, this framework, this life, but you lose this person who, who feels like I would say, Sammy, she just felt like air to me. And that was like, there was no,
0: like in that moment, there was no blending for you. It wasn't like I could have Sammy and then I could like take him. It was like pick and choose this and this. It was like, you get this or you have this.
1: Exactly. It felt so, it was like, black and white and in the face of that kind of decision I like I froze I mean I had a full like <laughs> crisis of so I would literally just sit in in my therapist's office and be like I am so stuck I am stuck 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 like I can't move I can't make a decision I don't it's all too hard and I don't want to like just be like and then I told myself beans get over it like when i say i was stuck i mean for like almost three years like i don't mean like i mean it was it was conversation and therapy session after therapy session and working with my friends and trying to understand my understand myself more it was talking to god it was talking to sammy it was opening up it was it was a slow burn and i think the moment in where i decided like oh my god this is not this is not a decision one of these things so far outweighs the other, like, and and a lot of things had happened for that to click for me, and I made that decision, and I chose Sammy over the job. All those things, and by the way, like I always say, every single thing I was afraid of happened. Right? These weren't like made up fears. Lost my job, community friends, like, be, like all these things, and it was worth it. Right? Hashtag worth it. Um, but here's the 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 reason I wanted to write that book and decided to is because after i came out like being a closeted megachurch pastor felt like fairly isolated you know um and i was like i don't know how many people are in that same position probably a, i mean a, a decent amount if i would probably um yeah what i think but i started getting all these messages after we, we came out very publicly in a blog post. And Oh, I remember that blog post. Yes. Oh, Jesus. I I love it. But that was a wild week. So we started getting all these messages of people who were like, Hey, like, I, I understand what it's like to live inside of a framework that no longer suits you and how scary it is to come out of it. Like, I was afraid to be a working mom. I was afraid to get divorced. I was afraid to tell my family that I don't want to be a doctor. I wanted to be a DJ. Like all of these like very random messages. And I was like, oh, we are so not alone in this. Yes, we have a very specific story, but we are absolutely not the only people who were handed a framework that they no longer fit in and had to deal with the fear of what happens when you shatter everyone else's expectations so that you can live true to yourself. I mean, so many people are in that exact like, do I do what is true to me or do I uphold the expectations that others have of me? And that was like a game changer.
0: Yeah. I have like two very specific memories of like hearing you tell that story. <laughs> One was like, when I met Sammy, we met at Lululemon mm-hmm. and by the way, Sammy and I were probably the worst. Yeah. Probably the worst, um, employees at Lululemon. Like we, <laughs> we weren't good at that job. That, tracks. At that all. Really now, tracks. Like, listen, if you needed a good pair of pants and like, you needed us to be honest with you about whether they looked great, a hundred percent, we were your girls. But like, other than that, like there was no, it was, it was a lost cause for sure. <laughs> and, um, but I remember like working with her, like she was going through it. Like you guys were like, that was like either right at the tail end or like right in the middle of you guys like going through it, like to the point where like, none of us had any idea that you were, you guys were going through that. So I think about it and I'm like, wow, she was, she would like show up and nobody would have any idea that like, actually the things that were happening in her life and your life were really, really heavy. It really like, kind of blows my mind up a little bit because I'm just like to be to have to go through all of those feelings but like also feel like you're alone in them is
1: pretty wild we always refer to those years as the fog (laughs) because everything felt hazy like it was like we had it felt like and and that is what was it was so wild and and I know this again so many people have felt a combination of these experiences where one of the best things that had ever happened to me in my entire life happened and with it came this like incredible turmoil and it was like so disorienting like to hold both of those feelings at the same time was like oh my god i'm in love for the first time oh my god i'm in love you know what i mean it was like and so we it, it just felt like the fog, you know, but, but in the meantime, we're still like doing our jobs and going to work. And, um, very early we started going to therapy together and separate to just try to like, you know, what, do, what, you know, what are we going to do? And we have friends from that season and, and, you know, even you and Chris and like all those people at Lulu being with her in that season, right. is, is so special. Um, but
0: yeah. It's crazy to see like how far you both have come. And it was, it's funny. Cause I actually, I recently interviewed Arielle as well oh, yeah. just for this. And we were talking about like how you have been, su- you were such an instrumental part of her story over the last couple of years, like meeting John mm-hmm. and like going through all of that. And then I was telling her how like Sammy, and then eventually you were that for me as well. Mm-hmm. And like another story that I remember, like, that comes to mind as you tell your story is your guys's wedding. Cause I came to your guys's wedding with Jason. Like Owen's dad. Yeah. And we were, it was like, it, it was a very, very weird time because I knew that Jason and I were like, not going to be together. And like, I also knew that I was falling in love with breezy and I wish I could like everyone always says like, Oh, but like you came out like how beautiful. I'm like, no, but that wasn't my story. Like I had already been with women. Mm -hmm. Like it was that I was going through a season of, I am really about to, I just had the best thing. Like I got my son, like this is, he is the best ever happened to me. And this was supposed to be it. And like, it's not going to be it. And this is about to get, like, I remember at your wedding, it was like, I think I was at the donut wall. I was probably
1: (laughs) that's where everyone should have been.
0: I was probably at the donut wall. And I just remember having this moment where I felt like everything was circling around me so fast. And I was like, I'm about to completely uproot my life and completely change, like catastrophically change directions. And it's probably going to cause a lot of turmoil. But it's also the only thing that I know that I can do right now. And, and it was because I, you guys, I knew your story and being at your wedding felt like such a, it felt like I had climbed, like we had all climbed a mountain with you. Yeah. And like, it was just like a pinnacle point where we were like, they did it. Like they, they got through that and now look at them like celebrating their love in this like amazing space and with these amazing people and like, Nuck if you buck is playing and like... <laughs>
1: Our wedding was so lit. I wish I could do it. Um, like every weekend, I wish I could have a wedding. That was so wild. It was so fun. And it it just,
0: it's so funny to hear you tell your story about feeling so isolated in your, when you guys were going through like your evolution of your relationship and like what it was going to look like, because I remember being at your wedding feeling like, Wow everything I know about my life to be true is about to change. And like that feeling is so scary to me. Like, do I really want to go through that heartache right now? Because that's where I'm headed. And it's, yeah, it's just wild. It's wild that we, that like, when we know it's going to happen, like you have that moment where you go, Oh, shit's about to get
1: real girl. Yes. And and that's what's so funny. And and this is what I um I wrote this in my book, it's in my journal, and I say it in like half the keynotes I give all the time. Because it is the question that I finally was able to to pinpoint that is what brought me out of the closet, and that was Is my life a reflection of who I want to be, or is it a reaction to people I don't want to upset? And I sat as soon as that question had crystallized, I knew what I had to do. I'm not about to live this whole life so that I do not disrupt the pedestal that someone else has put me on. I didn't build that. You built that, and I'm and I don't have to carry the weight of of that shattering for you. Like I will not live my life based on not upsetting the people around me and That's the tea because you do that and you make this big disruption and and I come out and 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 you are with breezy and you do these things and like you're amped and then girls six months later you have another decision that you need to make where you have to ask yourself that same question, right? This is this is the game, right? Is are you going to live a life that is a reflection of who you actually want to be, or are you going to live your life in response? To not upsetting people, and you have these big life changing moments like coming out with forever. I will remember that. But then we decided to move to Austin, and somehow that felt like another thing where we had to choose what we wanted over. When
0: you guys decided, <laughs> yeah, when you guys decided you were moving to Austin and you announced you moving to Austin, I was like, of course they're fucking <laughs> moving to Austin, and everybody. Like my best friend had just moved to Austin a couple years ago and then we find out you guys are moving to Austin, I was like perfect. <laughs>
1: yeah, honestly, I've come in the water's great. I love Austin.
0: We're we're working on it. We're getting there. When you think about like how far you've come and like where the things that you've had to unpack to get to who you are today, which I guess first, who are you today? Like what are some like themes in your life that you are like today in your life?
1: Great question. If there's one thing that I am striving towards in life currently, it is to be present. And I don't mean that. I mean that in like the fullest way. Um, Sam and I, we both have tattoos that say stay awake that we got. I want to say recently, but time is weird. So it could have been three years ago. It could have been yesterday. And that's what I'm about. And that means... I'm a person who struggles to fully embrace all of my feelings and emotions. I am so good at reframing and I think that's a gift and I love doing that. But where I am right now, the major themes of my life are, if it's grieving, then grieve. If it's joy, let it be joy. If it's hard, go through the hard. If it's peaceful, let it be peaceful. If it's not yours, don't pick it up. Um, and, and to, to be aware of all those things, I feel like I'm just constantly trying to like be the most awake to my own life that I can be, because that's the only way I'm going to be a good wife, dog, mom, daughter, right. All of these things, they, they have to come from my own ability to be with myself. So like
0: thinking about your current themes and then the journey that you've gone on to get there, what are, would you say like, are the top like three Biggest like layers you've had to unpack to be able to like stand and say that today or sit because you're sitting right now, sit and say that today.
1: One would be hugely the fear of upsetting people, which actually was surprising to me. It's my whole life that would have never been a thing I thought I was afraid of, but then I only realized that's because I was never in a position to do it. I had been like little miss, like great right little miss like gold star uh lol pun intended until um i wasn't and so i had to not only recognize that that was what i was afraid of i had to recognize that and then get past it and the biggest shift for me was figuring out what what was mine to carry and what was someone else's and that was such an important distinction because if i can figure out that an expectation on me actually isn't mine to carry it to someone else's, then I get to say, you know, I, I'm so sorry you thought I was going to live in LA for the rest of my life, but that feels like an expectation that you created. And, I, and so I'm going to like kindly give that back to you. Um And I'm just sharing this fun news that I'm moving, right? <laughs> like there are so many, um so fear of, of letting other people's expectations down was big. And then I think I had, this is like a, a shocking one to me too. I was afraid that if I exclusively, and this is some baggage from growing up so religious, but I think I was afraid that if I truly followed my own instincts, I wouldn't be a good person. So like if I did everything I wanted to do and I lived my life for myself, like that wasn't going to be a good look. Like there was a comfort I found in other people's expectations in, in, in this bubble that I didn't have to find out who I really was. Cause I just got to be who they wanted me to be. And I didn't realize, but I had this deep down fear of like, well, what if who I really am is not good? Or what if I just like, you know, am I just saying I want to, Is this just the beginning of me doing whatever I want and, and becoming like, you know, this, this monster, like there was this, there was this deep, deep down, I paid so much money in therapy to get to that. But that was important. Um, Shout out to the therapists. Shout out to Abby. Um, I mean, I guess thirdly, I will just quote RuPaul and say, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Um, Because that was real. I was so afraid of who I was. And that was so surprising. But I was like, there was such a distance between me and me and and for a lot of reasons, but you know, I realized like, you want to do all of this. Like you want to be this person for Sammy. You want to be this person for all, like you, you cannot do any of that if, if you cannot figure this out first. So.
0: Yeah. I, you, you like nail it on the head. Cause it makes me think of in
1: my life. I've always
0: been a person who's like, you can hit them with a plot twist whenever you want. Like, this is your life. Like, don't live in a box, like be whoever you want to be. But when it's you. Yes. Like when it's you that has to also take on that advice, it can feel debilitating. Like I remember when like Breezy and I were first getting together and, you know, Jason and I were like trying to figure out what our relationship was going to be for our kid. Like there were times where I was like, I feel paralyzed right now. I don't know what the answer is. And I look back and I go, wow, if I just wouldn't have tried so hard to fit into the box that like, other people put me in and thinking that that's where I needed to be a and B if I wouldn't have been so afraid of following my heart I could we could have gotten through that a lot a lot faster
1: oh my gosh I, I would have been celebrating my 10-year wedding anniversary but I mean the that's the thing though is is here's the trick when I say when we say like I had to get over the fear of of living outside of that box of the expectations that felt sh- more shallow to me, until I went through it, because it sounded like this girl break those chains, or you know what I mean, like what I. But I think what I didn't realize was a big part of that equation wasn't just a fear of of breaking out of those. It was coming to grips with the reality that I liked being in them, that they were comfortable, and that they were secure. However. Messed up, they were and didn't like I liked them, and that is a major key to understanding it's not just that we're afraid to like break out or people are gonna mad, like, we don't want to lose that comfort and security of fitting neatly into those expectations because it feels good, yeah. We're afraid of feeling uncomfortable because comfort and safety
0: and warm are like basic human necessities. So, it's like if we that, yeah, that was a huge part of it. I had. I had a relationship and I had a son and we had a house and everything was great. And I liked that a lot. And the thought of going, Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to disrupt my whole family. I'm going to first admit to myself that this is not enough for me. That was a big one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like this is not enough and then pursue what it is that I really did want. I mean, it was three big things that happen back to back. And I think you just nailed it like right on the head when when you say that I, uh, I want to, uh, if anybody, people who know me know that I I quote you all the time. (laughs) 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 And I'm like switching a little bit of direction here, but we'll circle back. I, I quote you all the time when I talk about just like my vision for my life and like what I want it to look like. Because when we did that women's panel together at Lululemon, and you said, that you imagine your life as a big dinner table and who's there and you look around and like who's already there and then who's not there and that's like a, become a huge motto and theme in my life is just who's not at my table that needs to be at my table so i want to ask you right now in your current season who's at your table and like who's not that you know you're, you're you want at your table right now like who who's the next guest in your vision
1: that's a great question. Well, Beyonce's not at my current table. Um, so I'm hoping she she'll be on her way soon. Um I'm taking this with part of the lens of of the conversation we had in that night of sort of socially oriented, right? With sort of proverbial proverbial proverbially sure. Oh my god. Um who's who's at my table, right? And 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 you know what's we have downsized in relationship just due to moving in a pandemic. So we have this very, very, very big social life in LA. And then like COVID hit, but we still have, you know, all these networks. And then we move and you can't be like, hey, come over. Um, because it's just weird. I don't know, everything's weird. Um, anyways, all that to say, I don't know if this is where you're going with this question, but we have had so many conversations lately, I feel like, around gender and gender identity. And I am loving just engaging more to the folks that are at my table and aren't and who I want to be who are doing such a good job of blurring that line that should have never been a line. I'm here for it. I just, if I was to write a book tomorrow, which I'm writing another book and they said I have to finish that one before I can write this one, but it would be called um, Why Drag Queens Are the Best Thing That Ever Happened to the World here's a tie-in which you didn't ask me to tie it in but i'm gonna tie it in one of the reasons and this took me a while to realize the people who are most upset who are most like furious like personally offended that that we came out it it took me a while to realize that they were the people with the most oppression in their own life like self-given right like it was so upsetting to see someone be free because it only reminded them of the ways that they can't. And I think right now, culturally in our society, it is the people who push the boundaries of gender that make people so upset because it reminds them of the, of the ways in which they feel oppressed. Right? Like they don't get to wear heels. I never got to wear heels. It's like, well, you can, you know what I mean? Like you, you, there were never any rules. And when you have lived your whole life by the rules, and you see someone break them, you you resent that if you feel like it's not available to you. But that's the that's the gag is it's available to everyone. And I feel like right now with with, oh, my gosh, the the way people are showing up is just like giving me life like I'm, I'm
0: into it. Oh, same. I you know, and it's so funny, because obviously, like with Owen, I've always been like, what do you want to wear? What do you want to say? Like, who do you want to be? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to put, yeah. like, like, let me, my son is all boy. Like that kid is like, he's <laughs> he's gross. Like he, he yeah. Likes yeah. penis a lot and he's just like <laughs> dirty and he smells weird. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's a five-year-old almost. Um, but wow. he, ha- yeah, he's gonna be five next week. Five. That is oh, when we're recording this, who knows? It'll be past his birthday by the time this episode airs. But February 11th. Yeah. Happy birthday. My little (laughs) Aquarian. But, you know, from the time he started preschool, there was this little girl in his class who always used to wear these like really pretty twirly dresses. And so he told me, he's like, I need we were at Target one day and he saw one of the dresses that she had and she, he's like, I need this dress. And I was like, you do need this dress. Like 100% you need this dress. And he still will try to fit into that dress and it very much does not fit him anymore. It's like, it has a thong now. Like it goes up his butt, mm-hmm. you know, it's so
1: <laughs> but I've always it's just like, like an unintentional
0: thong. Yes. Yeah. And I've like, I've just always <laughs> really loved that about him and kids are that way. It's like this yeah. idea that like, Of the idea of gender and you are either this or you are that is so taught. And I did not realize that fully until I had a child of my own, because my child. child has always been he has very masculine qualities. He also has some feminine qualities. He's sensitive, he really cares about people, he likes to like feel my face on his. And he also likes to put a dress on sometimes and he'll walk around in my heels. And none of that matters. You know, like none of it matters. He loves rainbow. He wants his nails painted. And I'm starting to see, you know, when he goes to school, if he wants to go to school with his nails painted, which of course I'm going to let him. And of course I go through, this is like totally off topic, but for any moms out there, I go through these moments where I go, Oh my gosh, I, I really hope nobody teases him. I really hope nobody, and I'm never going to tell him not to do it because somebody might tease you because I want him, everyone, you know, we're going to go through that at some point in our life anyway. So I'd rather him like be confident in like who he is no matter what. But I, of course I have those, those fears, but even now, I mean, he's not even in kindergarten yet beans. And like he'll come home and he goes, I have to take my nail polish off. Like somebody said that boys don't wear nail polish. And I was like, who the fuck said that? Like I get so, I'm like, you tell me who that mom, like I get so mad, but it's, it's so true. Like those things are taught. And like, what if we can go back to this Mm -hmm. idea that we are all, all like we are all all the things and it doesn't have to be a box and if some it goes back to what you said at the very beginning of this like if somebody put you in a box that's on them that's not on
1: you yep it is and and that's the wild thing is as even I expand my own um community and and understandings of of gender like I've been confronted with like thoughts that I didn't know I had Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. where I'm like hey, I look more masculine right now. Like, why does that make me feel uncomfortable? Like, whoa, why would I not be okay with that? Why is it okay for someone else, but it's not okay for me? Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, it's it's so fun, I feel like, to be always like pushed, mm-hmm. to be like, what's what's there, you know? and And exploring these ideas that, again, are fabricated. They're made up. They're like taught all the
0: way back to when we were children when they when we were like oh you're a tomboy like that's what I was called as a child like you're a tomboy totally yes. why because I like to wear like like, pants
1: (laughs) yes and I'm like it's such a funny thing being like oh is nail polish for girls because I never wear it like what are we talking about you know what I mean Right. it's beautiful like to me to see all the people just like going out and like putting freedom in the front of our faces, like in a way that we have to address our own discomforts. So like that is amazing. It is amazing. And it's also really fun.
0: And like, I don't, I mean, of course I'm not like a label person, you know, but I do like that. There are like <sighs> more titles coming out, you know? So for people, that know, mm-hmm. Oh, that is me. It's it's because it's, I think about breezy a couple months ago, her and I were talking and she goes, you know, I've been, I didn't even know what non-binary was. And she goes, and I've been reading about it and I'm realizing that I kind of identify with that. And that was the same with me with like pansexual. I started to like read about that. I'm like, that's me. That's what I am. I don't don't see like gender, like as a, as a, you know, a, a validation for who I can love or who I can spend time with. Like I've never have and, you know, breezy seen like non-binary as oh my gosh like yeah I don't identify one way or the other all the time like sometimes I do you know sometimes she feels very feminine sometimes she feels very masculine and it's just really awesome that there are like you said there's so many people stepping up and like showing what that looks like in such a bold authentic way it's awesome
1: yes I love it I it's so I mean I think to get to a point where you eventually move away from all the labels, I feel like you have to at least identify the differences. Do you know what I mean? And, and I feel like we're, we're at that place now where I love, I love the language. I love that, you know, pronouns are standard on like a zoom call. And, you know, we just, we get, we are getting to, to experience people in the way that they are meant to be experienced. And I am, I'm here for it.
0: Let me ask you a question. Did you, um, cause I, I, experience this. So when you are in the LGBTQIA plus community, everybody who's not Mm -hmm. in that community necessarily, or they probably are in some way, but haven't acknowledged that yet. Mm -hmm. But people that don't claim to be in that community, they expect you to know all of the parts of that community. So for example, I had never really, I didn't ever really know anybody that was trans or so I thought. And then I all of a sudden did know people that were trans. And I realized I knew nothing about what it meant to be trans. Like I knew nothing about it. And I thought I did. And again, it just like people put you in a box and they assume that, Oh, you're in that community. You must know all of it. But it's for me, it's been really fun process to learn about transgender as like an example, just like really what that means. And like, how that how transgender is so different than sexuality. And it's been such a fun discovery that I've been on being like, Oh, my gosh, like, I, I get it. I'm awake to this now. Wow.
1: Like, what a cool, what a cool thing. I know. And that's the, like, culturally, one of the things that kind of makes me upset right now is I feel like, because we're just like expecting everyone to like, come out of the womb, super woke we're like kind of robbing people of the, like the, the joy in, in learning new things, but absolutely. Um, the difference between gender, identity, gender expression, sexuality, all of those have been like steep learning curve that definitely people assume. And also I, you know, was a super Christian person. So like, I never slept with men. Like I never, so I know even nothing about like gay men. Like, so our two best, our two best friends, Paul and Mark, yeah, they're gay, and and Paul and I actually we went to college together. We've known each other forever. He's was also super Christian, and then it's like me and Sammy. Yes, God. Um, and so it's so funny because like we I know nothing about like men, like in you know what I mean, like in general. And so we have the funniest conversations where I'm like, wait, what? And then they're like, "Wait, what?" Totally. Like, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm a lesbian, but that doesn't mean I know anything about literally anyone else." Right. Like, and I barely know. Like, that was the funniest part too. Is like learning things about my own identity that I was like, "We do what?" You know, like <laughs> U-Haul. It's all- a U-Haul. Who has a U-Haul? Yeah. Who's that? <laughs> and don't even get me started. Like lesbian TikTok. I'm like, there's a word for that. Like I am very much. I'm learning about me and everyone else oh my gosh I can't even go on and listen to Liz like
0: watch lesbian tiktok because I first of all I go I am I am way too old for this shit oh old like dirt I feel like what but I also get so <laughs> what? I almost sometimes get envious because like 13 year old 14 year old girls are so aware of who they are these days I'm like Yes, like fuck. Yes, more of that, please. More, more thirteen and fourteen year old little girls and boys or whatever they identify as, knowing exactly who they are and taking not taking no for an answer. Like, I can't relate. To that, because that was not our. That was not my experience growing up. And I grew up in a family that was like, you be whoever you want to be. Like, when I told them I was dating women, they were like, okay, well, do, what kind of sandwiches do they like? You know, like it was very, <laughs> it was very open, but still, like. Nope. I had, there were two gay men in my high school that I knew of. And Mm -hmm. they were like, I feel like with a lot of like gay men, they're like put on this, like, Oh my God, like my gay best friend, you know? And it's, they weren't humanized. Yes, They were like, like objectified. Uh, Like a
1: shopping buddy. And yes.
0: And so it's so cool to see so many younger kids these days, just breaking all of those norms and being exactly who they are.
1: I'm inspired. Like, I don't understand it, but I'm like, somehow people are learning dances, somehow shutting down the stock market, expressing gender identity. I'm like, I don't even know what's happening, but I am. Go, go get it, y'all. You are doing a great job. Grandma Beans says hi. <laughs> Let me know and you can explain this app to me. Yeah, I
0: learned how to hang (laughs) a really straight picture this week. That's what I did.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm like on TikTok, like watching all different ways to make pasta. I'm like, is there something else I should be (laughs) I should be learning? What? where are the stock tips i don't get
0: it how did what's bitcoin help i don't understand they're like no yeah. oh, you don't know i'm like i
1: don't know no i don't i'm like is it too late to get rich off gamestop like did i miss it is that gone? Is it is it happening <laughs> yeah is it what's the next is there another one? <laughs> oh
0: my god is blockbuster coming <laughs> back too should i be like ready for yeah. should i be
1: hanging out on reddit all day because like, Cause like I, I can be I was like, Nintendo, is that the same thing as GameStop? I put a lot of money, Nintendo. Yeah. Um, anyway. Oh, well,
0: goodness. I want to ask you one more question, and then we're going to play a game, and then you're going to tell everybody where they can okay. find you. So my last question for you is, what is your five-year, five-year goal, five-year vision for you, your life with Sammy, your career, like whatever? Just it's five years. From now. Mm-hmm. What does life look like?
1: We are medium futuristic thinkers, so... I only have the, the one thing I could think about um, is within the next five years, we do have a goal of in three years, we want to take one year off together. So we want to set up all the things that we need to set up financially, professionally. Um, if it means hustling a little bit harder, but in three years, yeah, we want to take a year off and, and do that together and just be together. Like travel, so, go see the world or yeah. Travel. Don't try literally whatever we want for a year. Just not having to answer to anybody. <laughs> yeah. Just no work. Um, And, and we're the kind of people who are like, we'll probably be like desperately wanting to get back to some kind of work, but why not? You know? Right. Oh, I love that. I love like, I, I,
0: cause Breeze and I fantasize about that too. I'm like, I would love to just get to the point where I can just say, you know what? I'm not working for the rest of the month. And figure it out. But it's, it's funny because I read this. Um, I feel like you both, you and Sammy are both such leaders in your communities and your respective, like your community that you share, respective communities that you both have individually. And um, I'm reading this book. It's called The Leader's Greatest Return. And one of the things that it's by John C. Maxwell. And like one of the things he says in it is a leader's job is to become increasingly unnecessary in their organization. And, yeah. Like that is the ultimate goal is for me to have done such a good job with whether it be my business or, you know, like my kid or my family or whatever it is and be able to go, I'm here and I'm, I'm a valuable part of this team, but you don't like need me anymore.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And that is, that is true for so many things in life. Yeah.
0: Okay. We're going to play a game. Are you ready? I'm ready. Cause wait, when's your birthday? You're a Capricorn, right? No, you're an Aquarius. No, I'm an Aquarius. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sweet.
1: My birthday is on the 14th. Yeah.
0: You're you're Valentine's Day. I forgot. You're only a couple days after yeah. Owen. Yeah. Um, That's why I'm so sweet. It is why you're so sweet. That's also why you are writing three books ahead of the one that you're supposed to be writing right now.
1: Uh, a thousand percent. If I could just put a half the energy into what I was supposed to be doing, I, we would be done. You said you're an Enneagram seven? Yes.
0: That actually surprised me. I'm an eight wing seven.
1: I'm a seven wing eight.
0: We're exact opposites. Look at us. Okay, the game is quick fire questions. So you have one minute. I'm going to ask you as many questions that come to my head as I possibly can. You're going to give me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? Absolutely. She's so ready. She just—you guys can't see her right now, but she just like had her hand to her face and she like did that. She did that thing that Nicolas Cage does in um, in Gone in sixty Seconds, where he's like, "Okay, let's go." She just did that. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Challenge. Favorite color. Red
0: beach or mountains beach tequila or not tequila tequila. (laughs) I had to ask that.
1: Okay. Um,
0: (laughs) linens or cotton sheets. Oh, cotton. Do you want to go on a private plane or do you want to go on a yacht? Yacht, but ideally both. Right. You are going camping (laughs) or you're going glamping. Glamping. Uh, steak or chicken steak oh yeah okay uh you're going to a deserted island and you can bring three things mm-hmm. are they
1: sammy barkley this beanie that i'm wearing great uh favorite article of clothing that you own this beanie that i'm wearing <laughs> <Are> <laughs> very important Sweet or savory
0: <laughs> savory and last question um you're getting on a plane tomorrow where are you going
1: Oh, God, anywhere, literally anywhere. It's just one way ticket. I don't care if it's going to Topeka. I'm going. I'm getting on the plane. <laughs> I want to travel. God help me. I'm going to, I am going to Kansas if that's
0: where the plane is going. Yeah, I don't care. We're, oh, we're going? Yes. Yeah. Wichita? Okay. Great. Never been yes, there. Yeah. I'm on it. Okay. You did really good. <laughs> Actually, I would say next to Chris Chandler, you have been the best at that game.
1: That's an honor because. I love me some Chris Chandler and I know he I know he did that
0: thing I asked him I was like one of his questions was what do you I said like pizza or favorite food and he went pizza and like afterward he goes I don't even know if pizza is my favorite food or if that's just what I want right now and I was like well
1: I I don't know why I said my favorite color is red I don't even have anything red well but just happened yeah he
0: spoke uh listen, I love you so much. I adore you. Tell people, like if I want to just get to know Britt Barron, where can I find you? Where can I find your book? Tell me, tell us all the things.
1: Yes, you can find me on the internet, specifically Instagram at Britt baron which is one T and Two Rs, or at BritBaren.com. Um, you can get my book worth it, basically anywhere you get books.
0: Yeah. And you and Sammy have a podcast launching.
1: Yes! Oh my gosh, we have a podcast launching. It's called Everyday Lesbians, and it's gonna be fun. And it's I'm excited.
0: I'm excited too. I can't wait to listen. Um, podcasting is yeah. really fun. Listen Beans, you're amazing, and I adore you. And thank you so much for sharing your story. I think so many people can relate to you. And in some, like you said, it's not like your unique story. It's just everything you've been through is just really inspiring. So thank you for being here.
1: Well, thank you. You're the best, and We love you and Breeze and Owen and Chase and and Chase and everybody, anybody involved. (laughs) Yes, everybody. All right. All right. Bye. This episode
0: is brought to you by the Upstarter Pods Network. Obviously, it takes a village to create a podcast. And if you have a podcast or if you are looking to start a podcast, maybe you just need some coaching and some advice. Go check them out. Email chase at upstarterpods.com or you can slide into their DMs at upstarterpods on Instagram. Get your questions answered. Let them know I sent you. Okay, y'all. Do you see what I mean? She is incredible. Britt is just one of the best humans and also hilarious. She is so deadpan. And a lot of the things she says, I don't even know if she realizes how hilarious she is. But it's been really an awesome journey, getting to know her and spending time with her and her wife, Sammy. And I just really hope that you got anything you needed out of that interview. Cause I could talk to her all day and I'm surprised we didn't talk all day, but, uh, next week I got to interview, um, my friend, my new friend, his name is Shay Boland. I was introduced to him actually through Chris Chandler. So, if you heard Chris Chandler's episode, it was our very first interview. Chris introduced me to Shay. Shay is a recovering addict, he is a champion for men's mental health and men's wellness. And I think that is just such an important topic and one that is not touched on enough. Uh, for whatever reason, societal norms of, you know, men not being able to have feelings or whatever it is that, you know, that prevents most men from talking about their feelings and really like digging deep into their, you know, their past life or their past traumas and, you know, their journeys. So Shay kind of tackles that in his everyday life. He has uh, a group that he does for men that he will talk all about. And he's just a really awesome, genuine, down-to-earth human being. And I'm just so excited for you to hear the interview. So make sure that you tune into that next week as well. As always, if you love what you're hearing, Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to give us a rating. We love a good five star. Give us a review. Tell us what you love. And uh, don't forget to share it with your friends. Also, you can find me. I'm your host, Danielle. You can find me at Danielle underscore on the daily on Instagram and TikTok. You can find the podcast at on the daily pod. Slide into our DMs. Tell us what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, if you have guests that we should hear from, if you are a brand we should collaborate with, whatever you want to tell us, like we are all ears and we love hearing from all of you and we love hearing your comments and your feedback and of course your love and support. So thank you for that. Share us like crazy and we will see you next week.